You're listening to The Entrepreneurs here on Monocle 24. I'm Tom Edwards. For this week's programme, we're heading out of the studio to Toronto, where an entrepreneurial trio have set themselves an ambitious goal to overhaul the way we collect art. Peggy, named for legendary collector Peggy Guggenheim, is a new platform that aims to simplify the way that art is bought, sold and collected, processes that are still largely an offline endeavour. Peggy aims to do this by connecting early and mid-career artists and galleries with collectors all around the world. To find out more, we sent our correspondent in Toronto, Thomas Lewis, to meet them and to paint a picture with his words for this week's episode of The Entrepreneurs. Hi there, it's lovely to meet you. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for so coming, much. we're very, very excited. Thank you so much for having me. I've taken a short stroll from where I live here in Toronto's West End to a large new handsome space with large leaded windows nestled in the back garden of a Victorian townhouse to meet the team behind Peggy, a new platform that aims to peel back some of the more cumbersome and time-worn aspects of collecting art with the noble goal of opening up the world of art collecting to a bigger and broader audience. My name is Craig Follett and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Peggy. My name is Adam Eggji and I'm the co-founder and CTO of Peggy. My name is Bronwyn Hunter-Shortley, and I'm the Vice President of Art at Peggy. So Peggy is a community marketplace for connection of galleries, artists, and collectors, enabling people to buy and sell art. And we have a secure digital fingerprint that we've built, which enables collectors to sell to one another and to pay royalties to artists for the first time, um, should the work change hands. Well, you said that that for the first time, maybe you can sort of address kind of the, the gap in this market that Peggy is addressing and where the idea came to you all. So historically with art, you know, being able to create an art collection was something that was only available, you know, to the uh, ultra high net worth folks who, let's say, had lots of money to go to an auction and participate in, in buying the art. And then if they ever needed to sell it, rehome it, whatnot, they go back to the auction house where some of those works would transact, things like Picassos and Basquiat's and what's known as like blue chip artwork. And so, you know, that's a very healthy and thriving economy. But sadly for the rest of us, that never scaled down. You know, most of us don't have the opportunity to go to an auction house and spend $200,000 on a piece of art or maybe sell it at the auction house down the road. And instead, you know, we might support local artists, but there isn't that sort of collector community marketplace that would ultimately allow you to also rehome the art as well, let alone paying royalties and, you know, creating like equity for the artists in, in the community. So the marketplace itself, we mentioned there sort of blue chip art, but who's the marketplace made up of, or who did you envision it be made up of when you were, when you were devising Peggy? That's a wonderful question. A lot of the focus, I think, in news or in general is on sort of this blue chip area. And even, you know, my background is in art and I lived in New York and I had so many friends who were always curious about art and they'd go to museums and they didn't even notice there's this thriving ecosystem of emerging and mid-career art artists and galleries. And we think it's super important to empower them with tools because there are a lot of tools for this high echelon, but there are less tools that really honor the emerging and mid-career storytellers, artists, and gallerists. So from that perspective, Peggy's really excited to be serving that group. And it's interesting to stay with you, Bronwen, 
Why is that, that the sort of infrastructure of connecting, say, mid-career, early-career artists and galleries, which I thought was kind of interesting, does that mean that, say, in the world of galleries, which is obviously a very robust ecosystem in its own right, but is there something that's slightly traditional, if that's the word, about that, the way those transactions made from gallery to gallery, when an artist gets accepted to be represented by a gallery, obviously that can be a very defining career moment for many artists. But does that mean there wasn't much sort of evolution, how that process kind of was undertaken and, and took place? That's a great question. You know, the art world has been very offline for a really long time. For a lot of reasons, it's been that way. And it's sort of one of these industries that's been that way forever. But it's been really interesting in the past few years, especially seeing galleries become more comfortable being online, artists becoming more comfortable online, the acceleration of the pandemic, digital tools. But for this special niche of mid-career emerging artists and galleries, they have really small teams. So it's hard for them to get online. And maybe there's a desire to, but there isn't necessarily a lot of manpower behind it. So really excited to bring tools that can empower that niche and echelon because there is an increasing interest in connecting with these collectors who also really do want to participate and have visibility into art through the internet and through technological tools rather than just exclusively the traditional way of approaching a gallery in person. They still want to do that, but they also desire a bit more transparency and research beforehand through the means they're familiar with, like any other luxury good. And Craig, I wonder, so many parts of sort of our lives have been, I guess, disrupted is the word that is, you know, quite common these days by inserting a technology aspect, a technology sort of facilitator, I guess, into the older kind of forms, processes that the various sectors have worked in before. Did it ever strike you when you were devising Peggy, and maybe you can tell us where the idea first came to you from, and if there was any sense in your mind about why this, I guess, hadn't been done before? Yeah, that's a great question as to why the art market is one of the last frontiers to become digital. And I think there's a number of reasons. The art market and the art world is largely a community. And so you need to create this community in a digital fashion. And so we're really excited to be doing that with Peggy, with our pegcasts and our pegboarding feature, where you can see what fellow collectors are interested in. You can follow artists and galleries. And also fundamentally, Peggy bridges the digital realm and the physical realm. I mean, we work with physical paintings, oil on canvas, and so to speak. Peggy's digital fingerprinting technology for the first time ever enables bridging of that representation into the digital and the tracking of the what we call provenance in the art world or chain of custody of an artwork. Who owned it first and then how did it change hands over time? And that's only possible today with this artificial intelligence technology that we've built to track that chain of custody and then build a community around it. And we bring soul into it with the storytelling of pegcasts and the community building of pegboards and follower following relationships. If I'm a customer or a gallery who has a piece of art to sell or to buy, maybe you could just sort of walk me through, sort of hold my hand through the process of how exactly Peggy operates. So we have, it's three sides. We work with galleries, artists, and collectors. And each of those 
types has very specific relationship with art. Obviously, the artists are the amazing creators and the brain behind it. The galleries sort of nurture their career and help place them with collectors. And then collectors have an amazing curiosity. And I also just want to side note it. I hate the word collector because I think, you know, if you love art, you are a collector and you can be a collector if you only have one piece. That's a little tangent. But I think there's really unique ability being unlocked by Peggy that galleries and artists each have unique relationships with each other. Some artists are more in charge of what they want to do with their pieces. Some really rely on the galleries. So it's really important for us to have both of those aspects and roles on Peggy. We have optimized the platform for them to each be able to access things that are important to them. So galleries can help Artists populate their profiles, their information, present their works for sale, but artists can also play a role too. So that's really huge. Each of these individuals gets to interact how they'd like. And then the collectors also can interact as they like, discover on an artwork level, on an artist level, or a gallery level. And then the way that it really comes down to it is we work in order to get the artworks on the platform We work with artists and galleries for them to input the information about their artworks. And then we ensure each artwork that's on the platform has this digital fingerprint tied to it. So that's really important that we create that initial fingerprint because that really unlocks the magic of Peggy and allows subsequent transactions to occur year after year with that unprecedented trust and transparency into what goes on. So I'll let Adam talk about the fingerprint specifically. Without oversimplifying it, Peggy is there in the artist's studio when the painting is born. And as soon as the painting is created, the artist is able to use the app and in a few minutes create basically, you know, the, the birth certificate for this painting. And, uh, and so the, the Peggy app will, the AI will guide the artist through a number of steps that will capture information, metadata about the painting, which it will forever remember. And what that means is down the road, whether it's the first collector or the 10th collector or, you know, somebody wanting to authenticate something for some other, you know, legal reason or insurance reason or just out of curiosity, they can now use the app and the same algorithm to then check the painting and assert that, yes, this is truly the original one that that was there. Like Peggy is there, you know, in the uh, in, in the room when the, the painting is born and it can forever say, yes, this is the one that I saw at that special moment. And so we act like that registry. And then forevermore, you know that Peggy will tell you whether the one that it's being presented to is correctly the authentic artwork. So being the CTO, I'm tasked with creating the technology, you know, to, to manifest this vision. And uh, if I bring it back to, you know, Peggy's mission, our mission statement is art in every home. And what that means is that, you know, when we're through with uh, doing all that we do, We hope to have beautified everyone's house and uh, people will be growing up around art just as they did millennia ago. But if you think about it, you know, people used to have lots of paintings and art in their homes. Only recently, I'd say maybe with the advent of television, were people looking to screens for messages and for beauty and uh, for, you know, inspirational aesthetic visions and things. And so when you look around most houses, there aren't many paintings, if any. Right. Certainly in my house, it was all blank walls. And that was something that, you know, we sought to change. But today, uh, if you wanted to, you know, acquire art in that way, the way in which people would acquire art these days would be, you know, to go through auction houses and whatnot, uh, because there's a couple of mechanical pieces that they provide, which don't scale down to the rest of us. And so 
one of those things is artwork authentication. And so that's a service which is provided by experts who understand, let's say, you know, there's a deceased artist out there. And so the whole body of their works is known. There might be someone who can look at a piece of art and they can tell you whether that was like truly one of the pieces in their canon. They might be referencing a book. They might be pulling out a jeweler's loop, looking at it very closely and using, you know, decades of experience to make a, a decision as to whether something is truly the one that you believe. Now, from a technology perspective, we thought, well, if we want everyone to be able to, you know, buy artwork and also, you know, rehome it and trade it and sell it with each other as well one day, then it's not possible for, you know, artwork authenticators all around the world to satisfy the demand that we're trying to create. Now, if you look at, you know, where we're at right now in the world, we all have these incredible, you know, phones in our pockets, like digital SLRs. They have 5G connections up to the cloud. And in the cloud, I can run, you know, as like technology-wise, I can run graphics cards by the minute. And so for startups like ours, um, it becomes cost-effective to now actually spin up some very, very impressive technology. And, you know, you look at what Tesla has done with cars and self-driving, you know, we're trying to modernize the way that authentication happens with artwork. And so our approach, you know, very similar to Tesla, Tesla thinks about it like, well, if a human's eyes, if the visual cortex in a human can look out on the road and drive a car, well, surely a computer can use its, you know, vision and its eyes and make assertions about some situation and then, you know, return back an answer for you. And so what we've done is we've created a fingerprint that replaces the traditional artwork authenticator with an AI and ML, and it will look at paintings and it will tell you whether, yes, that is truly the one that we're expecting to be looking at. And so what that enables you to do is that allows, you know, collectors and, and, and folks in the art market to now purchase artwork, but not need to send it to London or Hong Kong or New York and get it authenticated by maybe the only person in the world who might be able to tell you whether it's you know authentic or fake. What you can do now is use the phone in your pocket to ask Peggy and Peggy will tell you. And therefore, since Peggy is like your you know your your trusted advisor on authenticity now, this allows collectors to safely transact with each other for the first time. Now, there's other, you know, industries where collectors are transacting things like like StockX lets you transact sneakers for example because shipping a sneaker is quite straightforward and, and they use a clearinghouse. So you send it to a central place where the sneakers are validated. But in the Peggy world, you know, it's very costly and cumbersome to ship art to a clearinghouse where an, uh, an expert can look at it and then repackage it and resend it halfway back around the world. That won't work. So being able to support like a point to point experience with art makes all the difference. Without that, I don't think this would work. And in order to allow that point-to-point -point transaction to occur, you have to remove trust from the equation. You have to know that what you're getting is authentic. And so Peggy acts like that authenticator. And because we also handle the payments and whatnot, it also allows us to act as the escrow agent. And so you have this, it's not just the AI, but it's also the payment in the shipping rails that we provide that allow you to have that escrow and removes any insecurity and concerns about trust and authenticity from it and lets you focus on the joy of buying and selling artwork with each other. And so that's the technology. But part of the technology, of course, is the social fabric that we've created through a mobile app. And so it's not just about, you know, those, those mechanisms, but it's also about how we use technology and apps and the things that we do on our phone all day that, you know, that we enjoy interacting with, with each other over shared interests and, you know, checking out marketplaces and coming up with wish lists of things, you know, that we want to collect. 
now we've been able to take those dynamics and apply them to art. And you cannot just, you know, come up with that grail collection of paintings, but you can also work on purchasing them and acquiring them and have them be delivered right to your home and in fact installed on your walls. And how have sort of galleries or artists, I guess, that you've interacted with incorporating this part of the the process into the the creation of their work. What's that reception been like so far? I'd say the reception has been really positive. I think, you know, because it is such a traditional industry, there's always a little bit of people being a little cautious around new technology. However, I would say we are working with an amazing group of artists and galleries that are really thinking about the future of art and what does the collector today and the collector of the future want out of an art collecting experience. And I would say the fingerprinting technology, because it is so simple and it's just taking a few captures on your iPhone that you have in your pocket already, they're really excited they don't have to print out a piece of paper, which many of them think is a little senseless when collectors do ask for that certificate of authenticity. They print out a piece of paper and the gallerist signs it and says, this work is what it is. You can lose that piece of paper. The piece of paper is very archaic. So the ability to take these couple snaps of the painting itself and it can sort of serve as a lasting record of the actual object that doesn't need to stay physically with the object has been pretty magical. And they've been very receptive to how that functions. The artwork within Peggy is phenomenal. Um, we're really excited to be working with wonderful artists and galleries. And it's this really special bracket of the art world that's kind of the entry point into the blue chip. So we work with galleries that participate at incredible art fairs around the world. Our galleries are on five continents right now. And art fairs that the galleries participate in include NADA, which is the new Art Dealers Alliance, Liste in Basel, Switzerland, which is sort of a sister fair to Art Basel, Switzerland, Material in Mexico City, 154, which is the 54 countries in the continent of Africa, Freeze itself and, and even Art Basel proper, and within, within a bracket of the art world that's a, a little bit more accessibly priced than the blue chip, let's say. Really exciting, really culturally relevant art. And we're really excited to be working with artists that are diverse. So within Peggy, we really aim to champion this. It is staggering the low levels of underrepresented artists in the traditional art world. Only 2.4% of the art market is women artists. I found that shockingly, staggeringly low. Only 0.26 is African-American artists. Peggy looks to rectify this and have a more representative bracket within the new art world that we create which is very exciting for all the collectors out there as well. Yeah, it's really wonderful art. I would also say at this moment, we're launching with this amazing AI and we're focusing exclusively on original artworks. So drawings and paintings, which is really exciting because I think there is so much creation, cultural creation out there, and it's really wonderful. But it's kind of nice to have a little focus too. So our focus on this emerging mid-career artist that's where they are in their career, but also the mediums for launch. We are focused there, um, which I think is really exciting and helps maybe a little bit with paralysis of choice for some collectors at certain points. I've worked with lots of collectors before who are just interested in starting to bring objects into their home. And I think 
it's overwhelming. You don't really know where to begin when looking at art. And my advice is always to just look. And there's so much to look at, so much cultural production out there, so many artists with strong messages. And I think focusing for Peggy right now on drawings and original paintings is actually a really nice selection that can be approached by collectors who are hoping to bring things onto their walls specifically and starting there and sort of building, building out from there. Is it fair to say that Peggy is in some way there's a curatorial element from your side. I just wonder whether you yourselves are sort of acting as curators in some way or whether that part of the process is done for you by the people on the platform. We partner with incredible galleries who are curators themselves. And this is where the whole community blossoms from. And the community kind of grows from there. So we aim not to be the arbiter of taste. We aim to enable the community to do so. I think a really special thing about Peggy is that this is the second venture that Adam and I built together. We've been working together for over a decade now, and the first venture was a great success. It was called Universe. It was acquired by Live Nation Ticketmaster a few years ago. Universe was also a marketplace like Peggy, so it was working with event organizers and event fans, and all over the world, also very international. It involved payments, involved escrowing of payments and pairing of fans with event organizers. And it was you know, ultimately being acquired by Live Nation within the music sector. And we observed in, in music, the dynamic where musicians, they earn royalties. This is, a, this is a known thing. But sadly, that doesn't translate to fine artists, writers, filmmakers, musicians. There's royalty structures in all of these spheres. And we're really excited to be powering royalties for fine artists for the first time ever also taking inspiration from Europe and the UK, where there's the artist resale right and the droit de suite, which regulates that artists must receive a portion of future secondary sales should artworks change hands. And there have been attempts for this to be regulated in Canada and in California and elsewhere in the world, but never has really landed. And so with Peggy, we make that global by default within our system, just automatic. We're very excited to be supporting artists in that right. And we've touched on the idea already that everyone, in theory, should have the ability, if they want to be, to be an art collector. And I just wondered, from the experience so far, who you're seeing those kind of maybe fledgling collectors are, is the idea of kind of what an art collector or an art collection even is. Is that changing from your vantage point, having had this kind of vast experience in lots of different parts of the art gallery world, whether that's changing and if so, kind of how in, in your view? Yeah, I think that's a really great and interesting question. And in my professional career, at the start of it especially, I would say I was definitely working with blue chip collectors, corporate collections, very formal collector with a capital C type things. But I also had so many friends passionate about art, so many people in my life excited about art, but really feeling they couldn't put collector behind their name because it is this formal fenced off thing. I really see the passion there. I feel like this generation really cares about culture and wants to be a part of culture. And I think once you can lower some barriers to being able to own a piece of culture, which I think the ideal piece of culture is a piece of art, 
once we lower some barriers, make it a bit more accessible and transparent for them, I really think this generation will be an amazing group of art buyers. And the next generation of patronage, I think, will be really exciting because you can discover from all over the world. You can support artists whose messages resonate with you. You can bring in diversity. You can bring in different cultures, different languages. It's just like a really exciting time, I think, for you know the younger generation to get excited about art. But we do have to lower some barriers and make it a little less intimidating for them. And I think once it becomes a little less intimidating, we're already seeing these trends happen with people buying things online. Once it is a bit more accessible, I think they'll be right there purchasing. Because I believe that a collector can be anyone, you can enter from all those different points, whether it's from an interior design, investment, you know, pure love of art and art history, a desire to sort of have these things and be able to show your friends. You know, I think there's an access point for everyone. It's just what resonates with you. I think there's an opportunity for people to also invest in arts and culture with the same mentality that they are in, you know, buying shares and stocks and companies and things and investing. And so right now there isn't a great way for folks to sort of think about deploying their capital into the, you know, the livelihoods of artists, let alone generating royalties and generating equity for the artists. And so I think one of the most exciting parts about Peggy is that, yeah, it feels a, a need, you know, people can now buy paintings the same way they buy rare sneakers or the same way that they, they want to buy GameStop shares. But the wonderful thing about investing in artists is that this is what we need to do if we want to make sure that, you know, there are no more starving artists in the world going into arts shouldn't be something that maybe your old school parents wag a finger at and wonder why you're not going to become a doctor, lawyer, engineer, etc. We hope that one day going into the arts will be just as profitable in your parents' eyes as other things. And in order for that to happen, we need to create some infrastructure around it. And I think this is the moment when people are looking to invest in things that they believe in and stories and, you know, have equity in the artist's journey. So hopefully this will uh, really resonate with people who are, who are looking to, you know, be part of something bigger. My thanks to the founders of Peggy, Craig Follett and Adam Medji, and Peggy's Vice President of Art, Bronwyn Hunter-Shortley, for joining us on this week's edition of the programme. Thanks to Thomas Lewis for his reporting. If you'd like to join Peggy's network of art collectors, there's currently early access available. The team's very kindly extended that invitation to listeners of this programme. Just head to peggy.com forward slash monocle to find out more. Today's programme was edited by Jack Dewars here in London and reported in Toronto by Thomas Lewis. We'll have another inspiring story of entrepreneurship for you at the same time next week. And you can, of course, listen anytime, raid the archive and subscribe or follow us wherever you get your audio. We're also keeping art in the frame on Eureka this week. Listen out for Friday's edition of that show, where we'll be meeting the founder and chief executive of online art investment platform Mintus. But for now, from me, Tom Edwards, it's goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Entrepreneurs. <laughs>